Good morning, everyone. So, you guys ready for change? Wow, that's pretty good, because normally it's like, okay, hold on, let me quantify that. What do you mean by change? Remember last week when the Lord spoke through Anissa? Anissa came to me and said, Lord told me to tell you, change it up. I sat there expectantly for a little more information. Got none. Met with her for lunch the next day, thinking, well, maybe he'll speak a little more to her. She got a free lunch. (laughs) Gave me no info. No info whatsoever. I thought it might have been about last Sunday, but it wasn't. Even even through the, the sermon, I'm thinking, change it up, okay? You keep telling me the same things you're telling me. So it it just must not mean this morning. And so I sought him this week. I sat with him this week. And I got what it was about. And in Brooke's prayer, she kind of stole my thunder a little bit there. Remember to unplug her microphone next time. Kidding. But God is going to change it up. What he was referring to are these services. And we'll get into that in just a minute. I want to pray first. And just go before Him. Father, we worship You. We praise You. Lord, we trust You. We seek You. We seek You in full faith and confidence, knowing that we will find You because You said so. Thank you, God. Thank you that you hold us in your hands. Thank you, God, that you do not leave us in this walk on this earth by ourselves. You leave us with more than just some instruction. You give us your heart. You give us your communication. You give us your love. You give us your direction, and I mean personally, intimately. You tell me where to step. You tell each person here where to step. Not just corporately but individually. You give us so much option for knowing you, for living you. Thank you for it. Father, I give you everything of me this morning as I do every day. Speak through me what you will. 
I don't even want to hear me. We desire and we seek you. Use my mouth. Give us ears to hear and eyes to see what your Holy Spirit is saying. Because we are in serious times, but we're in glorious times. That's the amazing thing. We're in glorious times. We trust you. We thank you. Lord, I just pray that your will be done this morning. Permeate each one of us with your Holy Spirit and do your will. I love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So, I went before the Lord, as I said, this week and sat with him and talked with him about this change. And... This change has been a long time coming, I'll say. Many have known that it was coming, whether it be in this exact format or not. Many knew. Many have been waiting. And it has to do with this particular service, this Sunday morning service. And I want to read some of the things that the Father said in my conversation with him over this particular service. And I want you to understand just what this means. We know that we're in war. We know all these things that he's been going on, talking about for a long time. And by faith, we have expected the power of His Holy Spirit. We have expected Him to move hand in hand with us. Not just telling us to step and here, go do this, but hand in hand with the power of His Holy Spirit. And by the way, what I am speaking today is not just here in the U.S., it's also in Nigeria. It's church that we have there. So for those in Nigeria listening... It applies to you guys too, and you'll get to hear it twice because it's what I'm going to tell you about next Sunday. (laughs) But what God is calling for is not only a readiness now. You know, I'm pretty sure the neighbor decides to mow his lawn during service because I think he did this last week too, didn't he? I wondered if it was even the guy mowing, mowing, you know, for our building, but then it never, never got over here. So I thought, well, no, that's not us. So it must be, must be the neighbor. But clearly, we don't have very good insulated walls. Anyways, <laughs> welcome to summer. But it's going to be about spending time with him. In your own personal time with the Lord, do you yearn for Him? I mean, that's a rhetorical question, and, you know, everybody's giving a response like this, yes. There comes a time where He shows up in His power. 
We've known it. We've expected it. We've been waiting for it. I'm telling you, we are in that season now. We are in the season with, that we have been waiting for, in, in, in my case, for 10 years. That was when I first knew about it. 10 years ago. 10 years. And we're entering into that season. For many of you who aren't familiar with ignition, you know, before the last couple of years, this may not make as much sense to you because you you know ignition for what it is now, for what he's taught us in warfare, for what he has shown us in the spirit. What you haven't seen are what he has broken out in giftings. And for a while, it just, it kind of confused me. Because I was like, you know, Lord, this was so powerful, and then it just kind of stopped. Not, not, not that the gifting stopped, it's just the rate at which it happened, as well as the new birthing of new gifts. Kind of, kind of whether, whether you say it stopped or not, it certainly slowed and I was asking him one time, what, what is this about? And he said, that was a season that you were in, and that season is over. That season was for faith. You know, when he told Abraham that you're going to be the father of many nations, that your seed will be greater than the stars of the, of the galaxy, your seed will be greater than the sand on the seashore. Didn't happen immediately, right? Clearly not. Didn't even happen in Abraham's lifetime. But immediately he had to walk out by faith what he chose to agree with, with God. We've had to do the same thing. And by the way, church, we have. We have walked in that. We have kept that close to our hearts. What he wants to do in his bride. What he wants to do, not just through us, but clearly we are us. So even in us. Right? We've walked that faith. That's what the last season was about. It was about training. But it was stepping out of faith that we didn't see the substance for. And the awesome thing that he said is, that season is ended. Now we move into a new season. A new season where we're going to see manifestations like we've never seen before. We're going to see giftings break out like we have never seen before. We're going to see intimacy with the Lord like we've never seen it before. And I've got to tell you, wow, wow. You mean it gets better than this? You mean that intimate walk with you actually gets better than this? Man, I can't wait. I can't wait. That's what this season is about. Because it is the coupling of the Holy Spirit with His bride to bring change to the earth. 
to literally bring His kingdom into manifestation here. You know, it says in John 15, I think it's 15, or it might be 14, and then a couple other places, that what you bind on earth, how, how do we read it? will be bound in heaven. That's actually wrong. That's the wrong interpretation of that verse. It's what is bound in heaven we can bind here on earth. We bind on earth what has already been bound in heaven. Jesus said Himself 2,000 years ago, well, if this be of the Lord, then you have seen My kingdom come. It's here. It's here. I think it's about time we start loosing and binding on earth what He has already done 2,000 years ago. There's an element that makes that, I won't say possible, how about guaranteed? (laughs) That's a good word. There's an element that makes that guaranteed. And that is something that the Father has been holding until such a time as this. And that is the falling of His Holy Spirit. The best we could think, what, like, what in the world does that mean? Because he said it's going to be different. It's going to be new. So we look and we grasp at things that we know. Okay, so what does that look like in Acts chapter 2? Well, we see what it looked like in Acts, Acts chapter 2. So we have to take that as a foundational baseline and then maybe add a thousand percent onto it. Whatever that means. Because that's the unknown. What we do know is He promised that there will be more miracles, more deliverances, more healings on the earth than were ever on the earth at His time. It's never happened. didn't happen with the disciples. didn't happen after Acts chapter 2. So we wait patiently for it to happen. A key ingredient to that is the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what this season is about. I don't know the day or the hour. (laughs) But I do know the time. I do know the season. And I don't mean time like 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I don't mean that. I'm saying the times uh, that we're in. This is what we've been waiting for. This is what we've been praying for. This is what God has promised and we have believed Him for. So when He said change it up, He's talking about the physicality of the service. Now, by the way, I'm going to read this to you, but I'll, I'll let you know ahead of time. He wants it to start sometime in August. Because he wants everybody's brains to get wrapped around this. Because, see, all our lives, certainly us growing up, church has been the same. Right? Sunday morning, unless you're a Seventh-day Adventist, and then, you know, it's Saturday. Or whatever. So Sunday morning we come and 
And, you know, we get dressed up and forgive me, I'm not dressed this morning. I'm dressed for an airplane. <laughs> but we get dressed up, we come and we we join our small groups and, and we have our coffee and we have our whatever whatever things there are. We get together, hey, how was your week? Hey, how was your night? How was this? How was that? And that's all good. I'm not saying it's bad. Then we do our small groups and then we come in and we do corporate worship together and, it, and it's good. It's sweet. And then we have a sermon where, God willing, we actually hear something new. Where he speaks to us and we cherish it. And we learn and we seek him on it. All that's good. It's not, it's not that it's bad at all. This change isn't about bad. It's about good, better, best. You know, good is the fact that you put any time to him at all. You know, that's going to be good. Any time you spend with the Lord, any time you spend in his word, that is going to be good. The better is when you go after him. The better is what I did 10 years ago. Lord, I believe your word is true. So why when I study the book of Acts now for the hundredth time, why do I not see this happen on the earth? Why? There isn't a postscript to Revelation that says, Oh, this all ended. It really isn't going to happen until you get to heaven. It doesn't say that. So why can't I claim that relationship that he offers? And the truth is, I can. And I did. You guys did. See, that's the better. The better is when we go after him with everything that we are. With no pretense. Where, where we, we may fit into a, a form or a mold that, that's here, but we go after Him. Nothing's going to be the same, Lord, because I am not going to take You for granted. I am not going to take Your Word for granted. I'm going to believe Your Word. When You said that I'm going to get a glorified body, I'm going to believe it. Y yeah, you think I'm good looking now. <laughs> How awesome will that be? I mean, really? Do you believe it? Yeah. Is it for now? Yes. In fact, I think it's been for 2,000 years. God's up there. Come on, guys. And I'm not saying that he doesn't have a timing. Of course he does. I think much of his timing is foreknowledge, knowing the stupid choices we're going to make. Okay, well, they went down this road. i got, got to work with them here. And then they come around. That's all good, because in every bit of it, it's building relationship with him. And that's the number one thing. 
The gifts aren't the number one thing. The healing isn't the number one thing. The glorified body isn't the number one thing. All of his gifts, even physically, whether it be money or whatever it is, that's, the, that's certainly not the number one thing. What's the number one thing? To hear him. To hear him. See, it's different now. Now with what Jesus Christ paid for, it's different. In in fact, I want to show this to you. Turn in your Bibles. I don't know what's going on with this microphone. Drive me nuts. Um, Turn to Exodus 33. See, the Old Testament was different when it came to God speaking. God spoke, it says, through his prophets. He spoke through those who were anointed of God to carry his voice. Moses was one of those. In Exodus 33, we're going to start with verse 7. Now Moses used to take take the tent and pitch it outside the camp, far off from the camp, and he called it, it the tent of meeting. Now, by the way, this was before the tabernacle. Although, even when the tabernacle was made, Moses still had this. A lot of people don't understand that because he still put it outside the camp. The tabernacle, when it was made, was put in the center of camp. Moses still had his spot, his spot with the Lord, right? And everyone who sought the Lord would go out to the tent of meeting, which, would, which was outside the camp. Whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people would rise up. And each would stand, stand at his tent door and watch Moses until he get, had gone into the tent. Verse 9. When Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud would descend and stand at the entrance of the tent. Remember? When they left Egypt, they were led during the day with a pillar of cloud, led at night, pillar of fire. Okay, when Moses would go into that tent, that pillar of cloud would descend over the entrance of the tent. And the Lord would speak with Moses. Okay, I mean, that's cool enough, but let's keep reading. And when all the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, all the people would rise up and worship each at his tent door. Verse 11. Thus, the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Face to face. It wasn't that Moses was going into the tent because it was too crowded somewhere else and now I have some space. I can open up the word that you haven't even given yet. <laughs> right? And be with you and just kind of worship you and think about you. And I can, I can imagine what your voice is like. No, it wasn't that at all. It said he would speak to Moses face to face like a friend would speak to a friend. How awesome is that? How awesome is that? I can't wait for that face-to-face part. 
When Moses turned again into the camp, his assistant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. And you wonder why Joshua was chosen to lead when they actually went into the promised land. (laughs) Because he wanted God. He was eager. Somehow, because he was Moses' assistant, he got to be there. And he's like, I'm going to take advantage of this. You want me out of here. you got to drag me out of here. I don't know, because maybe God will talk to me. I, I got to experience him talking to you, but maybe he'll talk to me. See, that's how it was in the Old Testament. Same way with Samuel. When Samuel was a boy, you guys all know, all know the story. Eli is sleeping. Samuel hears a voice. Says, Samuel. He gets up. Eli, yes, what do you need? It wasn't me. Go back to bed. The third time, he, Eli figured it out and he said, no, go back and say, here's your servant. You know, whatever it was, speak. You know, here, here am I, Lord. And that third time, he did speak to Samuel. And then you look at Samuel's life. You look at the communication that Samuel had with him. Now, now Samuel did have the Torah. He did have the law. Did he go and maybe somehow find reading between the lines that, okay, that's how God talks to me, so you know I can just infer that maybe he wants this or he wants that? No. That communication was direct. That communication was real. It was there. It was the same for all the prophets. By the way, it was the same before the fall. That's how it was with Adam. They would walk in the cool of the day. In fact, God, well, God obviously knew something was wrong when it happened, even long before that, but God was walking in the cool of the day when they would normally be with him. And he's like, where are you guys? It's hangout time. What's going on? You know, of course he knew what was going on. But they had that relationship, that communication. Man, a live church. And and I'm not even speaking here. I'm speaking online church. Don't belittle the voice of the Lord. Don't belittle that. Don't think that you can't have that. Don't think that it is not there for you because you're not one of these prophets. You don't have a tent to put up in your backyard where a cloud's going to come down. Well, praise God, all that ended anyways. Because in the Old Testament, prior to Jesus Christ... It was through his anointed prophets that he spoke. But everything changed when Jesus Christ gave his life on the cross, died, was buried, and resurrected. It all changed. Let's look at that. Acts chapter 2. Turn there. You guys are familiar with this? Acts chapter 2. This is after Jesus had resurrected from the dead, spent 40 days talking with his disciples and others, showing his resurrection. 
And then ten days after that, when Jesus said, go wait in Jerusalem. Just wait. I'm going to send a friend. They're sitting in the upper room. 120 of them. And all of a sudden, this sound of a rushing wind. They look up and there's... It's tons of fire is what it says. I mean, can you imagine how they must have felt in the moment? Not scared. Because when you are in tune with God, you know what God is doing. It's not about fear. Fear is a spirit that is not of God. They weren't afraid. They were hungry. They were worshiping. They gave him time. In those ten days that they were up there, they just wanted him. And what did he do? Chapter 2 of Acts. I want to point something out here. Verse 1. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. Again, that's 120. If you look previous to this, it's 120 people. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. Did you get that? Each one. And they were all filled. All filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Guys, this, by the way, this isn't about tongues. It's about relationship. It's about He didn't choose one out of that 120. Okay, which one's going to be my prophet that I'm going to speak through? Or maybe it'll be the 11 disciples. I'll just speak through you guys. And the, uh, the other 109, then they'll get the benefit of maybe knowing you and then get the word from you. No, it wasn't that. Every single one of them. Because they were all up there. They were all hungry. They all did not care about the persecution. They didn't care about their own lives. How do I know that? Because they stayed in Jerusalem. Their Messiah was just hung on a cross. Rome was coming after. The Pharisees were coming after Jesus' followers. It was a real threat. Can you imagine if the U.S. government said to Ignition, if we see you, we're going to arrest you. If you stay here in Elkton, Newark area, we're going to arrest you. And then we just come here and we sit in this sanctuary, not caring what the cost is, but just desiring what he has. That's where they were at. Don't think there wasn't a cost here. There was a huge cost. But they wanted him. And each one, each one became that anointed someone. Each one became that anointed prophet that he would speak through. Each one. 
See, that's the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Because what happened? Jesus became a, the Bible says, a mediator for us. He became the second witness. Deuteronomy says that it requires at least two or three witnesses for truth to be established. Jesus became that second witness. He became our mediator. The Holy Spirit was sent to develop relationship with us. Something that was not available in the same way prior to Jesus. Because the price hadn't been paid. So this is both awesome. Like, praise God, I, 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 I'm born in the New Testament, not the Old. Praise God. But it's also for a Christian who has accepted that free gift that has become a child of God. It's a responsibility. I'm sorry, guys. Relationship. How do I say this? It's not optional if you want everything that the Lord has to give. It's not. If all you want is eternal life, you don't need relationship. If you just want to live your own way, it doesn't take away your golden ticket to heaven. But if you want him, if you want his promises, if you want the intimacy of that friendship that he says in John 15, then you have no choice. You have no choice but to build that relationship. And that relationship gets built through conversation. Just like Moses just like when he'd go out there and talk to his friend face-to-face, spend time. Look at any relationship that you have built, whether you're married or you have a friendships or whatever. The quality of that relationship depends upon the quantity of time that you spend with it, right? Why is God any different? And it's not, this should be obvious, but it's not just supposed to be on a Sunday morning. It's supposed to be not even only every day. It's supposed to be every day, all day. Jesus gave his life for you. He paid everything, the Bible says, for you. He expects that payment in return. If he's going to give you all of him, he expects all of you. I think that's fair trade. In fact, on our end, that's awesome. I'd give him a hundred of me for just a portion of him. Thankfully, that's not what he requires. He just requires everything that I can give. And when you do that with a God who cannot be (laughs) outgiven, that's where it gets good. Oh, man, 
That's where it gets good. When he starts to develop your eyes to see that it's not about things. It's not about, well, give me a good job. Well, give me a good car. Give me a good spouse. For those of you who are single, for those of you who are married, well, you're stuck with what you got. (laughs) Totally kidding. Okay, uh, that, that does, there is no hidden meaning there. <laughs> Believe me. Maybe, maybe on her end, she might think that. But I am the most blessed man when it comes to that. But it's not about those things. Have you ever sat with the Lord, heard His voice, shook all over, and couldn't stop crying. I know many of you have. You've either told me about it or I've seen it. You see, you've got to want that. And what he wants now is he wants a church that's ready to host his presence. Church isn't how it's supposed to be. It's not supposed to be the format that we have. It's supposed to be friendship. It's supposed to be participatory. (laughs) Not y'all just sitting on comfy seats looking at me. I don't get a comfy seat. What's up with that? (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Style. <laughs> but it, it, it really isn't about that. That war that we've been talking about, we need the weapons of his presence. And I think a shift happened last week. Not that there are no more warnings. And, and I mean especially for the outside world, whatever. God always continues to warn, but, but that is not our job anymore. Not my job. Our focus now is here. Not that we won't be online. We will be online. But then there will be some times that we're not online. I don't even fully know what it'll look like, but let me read to you what he said to me this week, and it might give you at least the level of idea that I have seen. Now, by the way, all I, all I copied here was what he said to me. I didn't write down my question, but his answer is pretty self-explanatory in this. But I I was going before him asking him, what is this change it up about? What does it mean? And he did say it was about Sunday mornings here in Nigeria. But this is what he said about when I started to ask him about it. He said, have an altar before me. Give more room for worship. Give more room. And by the way, he's talking about Sunday mornings. This isn't Tuesday night. Because we we do that kind of on Tuesday night, especially if you were here last Tuesday. 
He's talked about Sunday mornings. And this is a picture of what church is supposed to be like. And by the way, will be like all over the world in the future. Right? You, you, guys, you guys like to be plowers. You, you feel an apostolic calling in this church because we, we plow new ground so often. Well, here's some new ground. Sharpen your plows. He said, have an altar before me. Give, me. give more room for worship. Give more room for praying together. Speak what is on your heart from me. Don't worry about ending at a certain time. Just be there with me. There will be times you are online and times you are not. The times you are online don't focus on appeasing the online crowd. Sorry, guys. (laughs) But focus on being in the moment with me. Focus on his presence in the moment. He told me to let your congregation know ahead of time this will be happening. It will not happen right away. I need their hearts to be in the right place first in order to receive it before you implement this. So see, you guys have a responsibility in this, just like I do, just like we all do. Think of it more like a small group setting, putting the chairs in a circle and seeing what comes of it. You could still be online just like you used to on Tuesday nights when you did that. If anybody remembers when we first got in the building, we used to do that. Just throw them in a circle. uh, You could still be online just like you used to on Tuesday nights when you did that. Don't focus on the online portion. I also want a V-team to be involved in this. I want everyone to be involved in this. You hear that, AV team? That that means no more hiding in the booth. (laughs) No, we're, we're all to be involved in this. Why? Because we're all to be partakers of it. Make room... For me to speak. I'm going to go back to that in a second. People will be doing AV, but it shouldn't be their focus. They can set it up ahead of time, but then they need to be engaged. And he he reiterated that because I specifically asked a question about that. He said, when it begins, and I want you to get this, guys. When it begins... It will be amazing. It will be what your spirits have longed for to manifest. It will be sweet worship to me. Sweet fellowship with me and with each other. Those whose hearts are on board with it will thrive in it. There will be some Sundays where you are there all day. And you won't even realize it because you are in my presence. 
People can bring food if they want to, because at times it will be long days. But it's not necessary. I'm really kind of hoping for the whole manna thing. How cool would that be? Yeah, buddy. That's why I want hearts to be engaged beforehand. Because to some it will be a complete change up. And they need to be prepared ahead of time. And he finally said, I won't force anyone to be there all day. They can leave whenever they want to. And that's the truth of who God is. But I want to go back to something he said. When he said, make room for me to speak. Don't take that hypothetically. (laughs) He means that literally. Okay, and I'm going to tell you a story Many of you have heard this, but some may not have, especially if if you're somewhat new here. Um, You all know I was a cessationist before, and I was seeking God. You know, I didn't believe in the gifts and all that, but then, you know, the Lord kept just beating me about the head till I finally was figuring out that I'm missing something. (laughs) But I wanted him. My heart wanted him. We had a college group that was passionate for him. And I want to say we had maybe at the time, uh, in this particular night, there were maybe 30, 35 people. I had been praying so hard. I mean, for six months, almost six months to the day, I was praying, Lord, speak to me, speak to me, speak to me. And I've told you guys that before. I just wanted him. And we had a particular format on Thursday nights. We would would worship for probably an hour, hour and a quarter, whatever it was. And, and then, then usually I would speak for an hour, hour and a quarter, whatever it was. <laughs> and then we would go to break up into small groups and kind of talk about it together. And then we would end with some worship or prayer together. That was like the format, right? Well, this night I had just gotten back from uh, taking a 20-member team to to uh, uh, Mexico um, for a missions trip. And Simanthia, who is a dear friend, she was on that trip, and, and we were talking about the voice of God because, you know, she, she had prophesied over me, which, again, I didn't know prophecy. I didn't know any of this until the Lord started to hit me on the head with it. And she, she told me at one point, what God was going to open up in terms of his voice. And, and I, was, I was desiring that. I, d- I didn't push that off. In fact, I embraced it, prayed over it every day, said yes every day. I'd wake up and physically say, yes, Lord. Yes, you have my yes today, whatever it is. I don't care. I will step in it if I just know what to step. And so I asked her, because she heard from the Lord, and man, I, I, I would pick her brain all the time, like, 
okay, how do you hear from the Lord? Like, what does it mean? Do you hear, do you hear like, do the clouds part and you hear this booming voice or do you, do you hear, is it just a feeling? Is it this? Is it that? Do you hear him in his word? You know, I give her about 10 ways that I could imagine. She just looks at me and goes, yes. All of the above, right? So I wanted it. I wanted it. So I asked her, we were on the plane coming back, and I asked her, I said, can you just speak on Thursday night about what it means to hear the Lord's voice? She said, yeah. So she did. She spoke, and it, it, was, it was nice. I mean, I was really hoping for groundbreaking stuff. Got none. You know, I, I can't remember. She spoke, and she gave, you know, some, and, it, and I'm not belittling. It was now that I'm on the other side of it, it was perfect. It was exactly it. I, the ingredient that was missing was me. <laughs> but one thing she said caught, man, I just couldn't let it go. She said, have you ever asked the Lord something and then actually waited for Him to answer? And I'm like, wow. No, I mean, I just kind of think He'll answer when He wants to answer. He'll work it out in my life, whatever. I've never done that before. So after she sat down and I'm going up and we're supposed to break out into the small groups and... And then do prayer and all that. I said, you know what? I mean, it was just so heavy on me. I said, you know what? We're changing up tonight. We're not going to go to small groups. We're not going to go to prayer. I can't get this out of my head about asking the Lord something and then waiting for a reply. I said, so you know what? That's what we're going to do. You know, 30, 35 people in there, whatever, we're all sitting in a circle. I didn't know what in the world was going to happen. I didn't care. I just wanted him. Wendy was there. I just wanted him. I think we have a few people in here that were there. I know Casey was there. Anybody else in here was there? Might, might just be those two. Yeah. Anyways, so we sit in a circle. And I, te- I told all the young people, I said, I'm going to have Simanthia pray, and then Wendy's going to pray, and then I'm going to pray, and I want you all to shut up. You just sit there, and we're going to wait. We're going to wait until the Lord just speaks. And, and I wasn't belligerent about it, but I figured I've been waiting six months. You know, what... Simanthia just said was an invitation in my mind. God says, prove me out. See, I knew my heart was already there. So we prayed. Simanthia prayed. Wendy prayed. Then I prayed, and mine was super simple. I want to hear from you. And we're going to wait until we hear from you. And then you get that awkward silence with 35 people in the room. Like, has it really only been 20 seconds? Man, it feels like it's been 20 minutes. And, and we're just, I'm just, but I was determined. Man, we, we will wait there for hours. 
I'll sleep there. I am waiting there till I hear from you. And that was my heart. It wasn't, it wasn't a belligerent heart. It was a yearning heart. I, I, I would, I would say I probably understood how Jacob was when he was holding on to the leg of the Lord saying, I will not let go. I, you can beat the snot out of me, but I want your blessing. And, and I, I felt, you know, at the very least, he should honor my request more even than, than Jacob. Because I wasn't asking him for anything. I was literally asking him for him. I just want you. And so I, I'm just there and, and then Mike, uh, one of the guys that, that was in the group, just, just starts saying very softly the Lord's Prayer. And, you know, softly, a few of us kind of joined into that. And before it ended, I hear this thump. And I look over about three seats over from me. Anissa is sitting. And by the way, if you guys don't know this, Anissa is very special to me. She really is. She is the first faith in ignition, as far as I'm concerned. So she just flops on the floor. And she hits her knees and her shoulder or her elbows, and she's got her face buried in the floor. And I look over, and I, I remember my thinking. I, I thought, man, she's really into this. Wow, God, you gotta, you gotta listen now. She, Anissa's into this. Come on, Anissa doesn't talk to anybody, and she's into this. So God, you have to show up. And then she starts shaking. And I know I shouldn't be opening my eyes during this moment, but I'm just wide-eyed watching her. She starts shaking all over the place. And I'm thinking in my mind, okay, one of two things is happening here. Either the Lord is doing something or we, we need to call a doctor. And I'm, so I'm, I'm, I'm getting excited because I, do, I did believe that something was going on. I had no idea what. Then it was, she stopped shaking, and it was silent again. And I thought, okay, well, that didn't go anywhere. So I'm, I'm just, it's silent again. Lord's Prayer's over. I'm just hunched over in my chair, and I'm just, God, you've got to speak to me. I can't wait anymore. I'm so hungry for you, I don't even know if I can last without you. And all of a sudden I heard this voice in front of me say, you've been waiting for me. See, I knew who it was. Even though it came through the mouth of Anissa, I recognized her voice. So in my brain I got a little confusion going on here. But in my heart, I knew who it was. And I remember in those six months of study, God took me through all kinds of things. And, and so I thought, well, you know, to spirit. 
I don't dare open my mouth. Because <laughs> I'm not sure if that's how Moses felt at the beginning. You know, and maybe God said, hey, it's okay, you could actually open your mouth. I didn't. I thought, okay, well, I'll test this spirit because I know the enemy doesn't know my thoughts. He doesn't know my thoughts. And so I started talking to the Lord. And he was responding to me through her. At the time, I didn't understand what that was. Now I know that is ecstatic prophecy. Many, many times in the Word of God did that happen. You can look them up. I'll give you one free of charge. Saul. Saul, when the Holy Spirit came on, he he didn't even want it. He didn't even have a life that should have presented it. But it did. Why? Because he was king. That's why. Because the anointing was on his position. So the Lord's speaking. I'm saying things in my mind, and he is immediately answering them out of her voice. I'm like, I started to tremble. I thought, I don't deserve this. But don't stop. (laughs) That was the first time he told me that we were called to seven places in the world. He listed six of them. And then the seventh, I'm not going to dovetail down that story, the seventh was hidden because it was hidden from the enemy until I was literally there. And that was overlooking Israel. That night, it meant everything to me. I went home and (laughs) to a person where enough is never enough. Forgive me, Lord. That's how you made me. I went home and I said, Lord, thank you. Thank you for speaking to me. But that's really not what I asked. I've been asking to hear you audibly. I, I, I really want to hear you audibly. I, I, I didn't want to hear Anissa, her voice, even though she has a great voice. But I wanted to hear you audibly. But Lord, if that's not your will, that's fine. I'm just saying you did it for Paul. My first name's Paul. (laughs) So I went to sleep. Woke up about 2.30 in the morning to go to the restroom, whatever it was. I was totally awake, sitting there on the edge of the bed. And I heard his voice, audibly. Came from behind me, like where a Lexus would be. I had to do double take there. What in, the, what in the world was that? But it was audible. That was when he told me about Nigeria. This was before I knew anything about Nigeria. Over the course of the next months and years, God began to open up giftings in this small group because... After what happened, 
remember, we were in a world of cessationists. Not just my family, but our church. So consequently, we were asked to leave the church. I was the worship leader there, had been for 12 years. We were asked to leave the church. I stepped down without saying a word. And we left without saying a word. With, I mean, it was me, Alexis, Yvonne. Brooke was at college, so she wasn't even with us. And we had Anissa and Wendy. So if, if nobody else joined, you know, we, we at least had something. But God started to build a group. And it wasn't a group of these talented, amazing people. It was a group very eclectic of people that just were hungry for him. And we'd sit around in a circle. And we would worship and we would pray. And we would wait for the Lord to speak. And he did. Gifting started to break out in others. This same ecstatic gifting would break out in others. Others where tongues would break out and then interpretation would break out. I'm telling you, coming from a cessationist background, there is nothing that I wanted in this group or this church that was in any way manufactured, in any way fake. So, Because of that, and thankfully the Lord knew my heart, I probably pushed the other direction. You make sure it's from the Lord. And Alexis felt the same way. I remember first time that that the Lord ever broke out her in tongues. The one thing she said, Lord, don't ever give me. (laughs) And we're in a Tuesday night service. And (laughs) you know what? It's like when you projectile vomit. I mean, that's kind of like what it was, except without the substance, it was the words. She's like, hold it back, hold it back, and there it goes. Mandarin Chinese. Now, I don't know when my wife would have had time to learn Mandarin Chinese. (laughs) But it was there. And then all of a sudden, somebody else gave an interpretation of it, and I'm like, what? I didn't hear that. Oh, that's right. Interpretation is a gift. It's a gift just like the tongues was a gift. He started to break things out in us. Why? Because we were hungry for him. We weren't hungry for the gift. And I want to say we didn't care about that, but we cared about that because we wanted him. He broke it out in so many. And, and for, for the entire time, we would learn as a group, we would learn as a church from God talking to us directly. Then we entered into this season that we were recently in where we had to walk by faith. doesn't mean we didn't hear from him. His voice From that day that I heard him, August 7, 2014, his voice has never stopped for me. I don't always hear him audibly. I've heard him audibly twice. 
but I hear him clearly. I hear him like I would hear your voice. So none of that stopped during this season, but what did stop, or what slowed, was how he would speak to his bride. Because we had to walk in faith. Well, guess what? We're in a new season. When we start this in August, we're going old school. (laughs) We're going to the way that Ignition started as a college group, where we sat in a circle and we just yearned for him. We didn't care about anything else. We just wanted him. We we were going to worship him. We're going to pray together. We're going to build relationship together, and we're going to build relationship with him. That's all that matters. And by the way, that's all you can do. The giftings aren't up to you because they're not for you. There is a portion of tongues that is for you in your private time, but the giftings, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14, are for the church. And guess what? What he's about to do in us will plow away for the global church to see how it's supposed to be. He is going to tear down all the strongholds of what we know as to how church is supposed to go. It's not supposed to be just run by a pastor. Praise God, I never wanted that anyways. That is way too much responsibility. You guys got to do something. (laughs) We're all in this together. Every one of us. See, when, when we're in that circle, sure, there'll be times he speaks through me. There'll be times he speaks through somebody else. But we're going to hear him. We're going to go after him. Because he is who will change this world. Nobody else. And that will couple with what he is about to do. Why is he getting us ready here? I heard confirmations of it last Friday, and I think Lana too said it. Because we've got to be ready for the hordes of people that are going to be coming. We have to be ready. He's going to get us ready. And what I mean by that is he's going to gift us in the power of the Holy Spirit. He's going to produce new gifts. He's going to enhance existing gifts. There's no ceiling to this, guys. There's no ceiling. Because there's a big world that he wants us to fight for. So are you excited? Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember when he, when he said August, I'm like, man, August? August seems so far away. And other people said that too. And then I thought about it. Well, 
okay, August is really only five weeks away. That's it. Now, the Lord will get us ready. He will. Alexis, you want to come on up? That testimony flooded my heart with so many memories, um, especially being told that night what had happened and what Greg had experienced. And, um, you know, everybody has a choice when they hear about or are in the midst of the presence of the Lord and the way the Holy Spirit flows. We're all presented with a choice of faith to receive truly what he's doing with a confidence that it is him and not a cynicism. And I don't, I I take very highly and heavily the discerning of spirits gift. We must discern the spirits. We must discern uh, true and false prophets. But sometimes under the Christianese umbrella, we, we approach the move of the Holy Spirit through cynicism and reluctance. And so some along that journey have walked away and rejected and determined that because they didn't understand intellectually what's happened, what happened, um, they resisted it as from the Lord. And if you know anything about faith, faith itself is its own confidence and its own confirmation. You're, you're oftentimes, if you only are, if you're determined to only walk in understanding, you're going to find that your your faith is is quite squeezed and even maybe caged. And so I remember being faced with that choice time and time again as the Holy Spirit began to move. And I love 1 Timothy 1.12 that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. He's the one that will keep me protected from deception. Christians go, great, go to great lengths to intellectually protect themselves from being deceived. And we are to know the word. We are to know the word, but the ultimate protection is our heart knit with the heart of the Father. See, he knows our hearts more than we even do, and he is the one that will protect us. So this is a real time of saying, Lord, I'm trusting you that whatever it looks like, um, I'm going to trust you beyond church structure, um, religious methodology and um, programs, and those things um, are, are, have value in place, but they've become the highest value because people really love what they can contain and control. And I was one of those. And the Lord has constantly had to shed it and shed it, but so kindly he's, he's held me and to even birth the giftings in me that he did, that the reason I didn't want them is because I didn't want the nonsensical. I didn't want, the, I didn't want to become a charismaniac. You know, that I had heard my whole life were demon walkers, you know, and and we we hear some of these things and it really blocks us from saying, Lord, what does it even mean then to say not my will, but thine be done and bring to earth that which is in heaven, the essence of the Lord's prayer. That's really what he wants to do. And so if the if the movement of chairs or if the the what the service looks like remember he's not an author of confusion or chaos there will be order led by the holy spirit of god and um, we've learned that too and so it's going to be exciting but it will be challenging of our faith so let's just remember it's our hearts being prepared it's not just on the leadership although 
that's a, that's a lot of it. We have, to, we have to be ready. But you all have to be ready to be used. We've talked about leadership for years and years. Are you ready to pour out? Do you come as a consumer, like most of the brides, sadly? Or do you come already having consumed the Lord in your secret place time, and you're ready now to pour out and to be used as a vessel to deliver the word of God in whatever way? doesn't mean there won't be preaching and teaching, by the way. There will. God will raise up a message just like he's been doing. You've heard, you've heard Greg come up and say, I don't know what the Lord has. And then, boom, on the fly, he gives the scriptures. And the Lord even said in that same time frame, by the way, he said, you'll be consuming the word all week long. But then what I do with that and how I deliver it, let me do it. We love the little outlines and the little plans and the little strategies and the six-month let my team know what all the message titles are going to be for the next six months so that they can plan. And I know that seems prudent and wise, but that's really been the problem with the church is that it's, it's contained this free-flowing, like the wind when Jesus said to Nicodemus, it's contained it. And, and Jesus said to Nicodemus, how can you? You can't understand it, but you know it's there because you feel it. You see its impact, but it is like the wind. And it, and it really can't be controlled. So I'm excited. I hope that you are too. Um, pray into this. Pray into, Let's all pray into this together. That God have his way and have his will. Um, because you'll reach people that I can't. Um, I'll reach people that you can't. Because we all have our individual path of where God is going to use us to minister. And it's, it's really, really exciting. So Father, thank you. Thank you, God, for this instruction, for this word. For this opportunity to go to the next level now in faith, to, to trust you and to choose you above what most of us, is that's all we know. And Father, we, it's easy to say to you that we want your will and your way. Oh God, but so often when you challenge us, we will pull back into just what we know. And then we'll justify it by saying it's wisdom so that things don't get out of control. But God, I pray that you will give us um, the strength, the faith, more than anything else, God. Just increase our faith. Let us just choose you. Sometimes when we hear long hours, it shuts us down. Lord, you know my, you know my issues. You know my stomach issues or, or blood sugar issues or my plans or what my family will say. Or <laughs> My first thought, Lord, was what about Charlie? He needs to be let out of his cage to use the bathroom at home and... I know I don't have answers for those things, God, but I know you have a plan. Can you not hold him if you had me laid out in your spirit here all day? Of course you can. Thank you, God. So don't let us um, look to these things as a, a means to justify holding back because you have it all. If we will trust you, you will handle our circumstances. And every other thing. Seek first the kingdom of God. Thank you for that verse. Thank you, God. I declare it now. We will seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness. Your kingdom. That means your ways. And then all the other stuff will be added. That is the mantra you gave to ignition. Now we will put it into action more than ever before. Help us, God. We love you. And we're just so thrilled with what you're about to do. And are already beginning to do. In Jesus' mighty and holy name, amen.